You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Wednesday, of course, presented by BetMGM. Talking NFL Week 2 as we look ahead to tomorrow night, the Chiefs and the Chargers. We could start there with Michael Beller, executive producer of the Athletic Football Show, at MBeller on Twitter. Let's, uh, Michael, welcome back to the show. And, we get a treat tomorrow night. The first Amazon game, first uh, Thursday night on Amazon, is going to be Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. What are you thinking in this game? we got injuries on both sides. Trent McDuffie on the IR now for the Chiefs. Probably no Keenan Allen tomorrow night for the Chargers. Uh, what's, what's your first thought on this one as the numbers jockeying between three and a half and four in favor of the Chiefs tomorrow night? My first thought is that it should be a really fun game. Obviously, the uh, injuries are a little bit of a bummer. We've been looking forward to this game for a while now uh, since we knew it was so early in the season. But number one thought is that it should be a a lot of fun. Uh, We obviously expect there to be plenty of offense with these teams. But, you know, the Chargers, for all their great weapons on offense and for the fact that they have one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFL, I mean, even last year they weren't a super high-scoring team, didn't exactly light it up against the, the, the Raiders in week one. So, wouldn't be surprised if we saw that uh, maybe be tamped down just a little bit. And then, I don't know, I just think when when you got two teams of this caliber, two quarterbacks of this caliber, and, and you get north of a field goal, I'm tempted to take the Chargers, even though my head says the Chiefs probably win this game. Michael, I heard uh, heard the fellas, Robert Mason, Nate Tice, pumping you up, that you called that Giants outright victory over the Titans. It was a lot of survivor chaos. I know you're well aware of that. Uh, over the weekend, only one of the big favorites in the Baltimore Ravens actually win the game. So now I've got to follow up for week two, uh, which team is going to be the big surprise? You know, it's going to be one of these, and we've got some huge point spreads. Of course, the Rams, 10.5 against the Falcons. Niners are favored 9.5 against Seattle. Denver, 9.5 against Houston. Green Bay, 9.5 Chicago. Buffalo, 9.5 against Tennessee. And this Bengals line just keeps on climbing without Dak. So what's going to be the big surprise in week two? Am I allowed to say that there's not like a huge outright winner surprise? I think that if there's going to be a a surprise in any of these games, it might just be that the Cowboys aren't uh, totally hopeless in this game against uh, Cincinnati. Now, don't get me wrong. I think this offense is going to be in a lot of trouble uh, without Dak. Frankly, I thought they were going to be in a lot of trouble even with that coming into the season. It's not the Cowboys line that we got used to over, what, four or five years or so, something like that, just not quite that group. Obviously, they have major, major wide receiver deficiencies, athletic and speed deficiencies on the outside. So we knew that was going to be a problem for them. But Cincinnati, you guys, I mean, what a dispiriting effort 
in week one from that offense. It was just same old, same old with uh, what we saw from them last year. There was just no creativity in the offense. They were motioning just for the hell of it and not really actually doing anything interesting with it. I mean, you have prime Joe Burrow and prime Jamar Chase, and you're just, you're one of the blandest offenses in the NFL. And then for all the changes that they made along the offensive line, it still looked like Joe Burrow was running for his life in a good chunk of that game. Pittsburgh was able to get a lot of pressure on him. And Dallas, you know, for the deficiencies that we knew they were going to have going into the season, this team can get after the passer. We saw that in week one. Michael Parsons, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. I think the Bengals win that game, but I don't think we're going to see everyone. We're all expecting, you said, Joe, the line just keeps climbing and climbing and climbing. I think that Dallas has enough in the pass rush to actually make this a competitive game even if Cincinnati ultimately you know, wins by four, five, six points. Uh, Michael, what is your assessment of this Dolphins at Ravens game? And are you concerned this could be somewhat of a letdown spot for the Dolphins? I mean, they were celebrating, super excited. McDaniel gets his first win. They beat the Patriots. But traveling to Baltimore and this Ravens team, it's a different story. Um, what is your take in this matchup? Yeah, probably outside of uh, of – Thursday night, the game I'm most interested to watch in week two, because, uh, you know, both these teams got uh, sort of workmanlike victories in week one. We certainly expected the Ravens to be able to take care of business against the Jets. Neither team was like super efficient offensively and Tua left a lot of points on the field. I mean, they're going to be able to do so many interesting things. And we saw that in that week one game against the Patriots with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You put those guys in the same side of the field, you have them running downhill, and it really puts defensive backfields in a bind. But Tua's got to make the throws, and Tua missed a lot of throws that he, frankly, should be hitting uh, when you have two guys like that. And so I'm really interested to, to uh, tune into this one and watch it because of the fact that I just feel like we can't quite trust Tua to make those consistent plays just yet. I do like the Ravens a little bit in this game. And they're a team that's undergone some change too, obviously, you know, some, some of the same faces on the offensive side of the ball, but major defensive coordinator change with wing Martindale out and Mike McDonald in. And so, you know, we, we got our first data point on what this defense is going to look like this season. The answer is relatively similar to what they did last year, but with a few different wrinkles. And so I think this is a fun game, but uh, until we see a little bit more consistency from Tua, I'm going to have trouble backing them on the road against a really high quality opponent in Baltimore. Michael, it feels like the top of the NFC, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, the Rams, Niners, a little bit down from what they were last year. So there's an opportunity there for someone to jump up. And I think the two most likely teams are Minnesota and Philadelphia. Two parts on this one. Which one do you like big picture more, the Eagles or the Vikings? And then for this game Monday night between these two teams, we're currently looking at the Eagles favored by about a point and a half, two points. It's come down a little bit here. Who do you like Monday night? Love this game. So this is like the most fun game next to the Thursday night game. Baltimore Miami is the one I'm most interested in from like a football nerd perspective, but Minnesota uh, Philly is the most fun game next to the Thursday night game. I'm going to lean toward Minnesota. Uh, I I like them better coming into the year. And we're talking, you know, shades of gray in terms of better. So like both these teams, I think most of us like both of these teams coming into the season, but I pick Minnesota to win the North. I pick Minnesota to go to the NFC championship game. Um, The the culture change there, you can feel it in that week one game and Kevin O'Connell, it is, feels like the right branch off the Sean McVay tree versus what some of these other guys have just, uh, you know, you know, bashed in the afterglow of having uh, a Deshaun McVay name attached to them. We saw that in week one, just how many different, cool, interesting things they were doing with Justin Jefferson. Uh, you don't get Justin Jefferson as open as he was on his second touchdown 
without being able to confuse the defense a little bit. You know, no, they're, they're not just the Packers aren't just forgetting who Justin Jefferson is and that he's really good at football. You do that with smart play design and scheming him open. And so I think that's something that Minnesota is going to be able to do all season long because Kevin O'Connell is already showing us one game into his coaching career that he's got that club in his bag. And so this now becomes a very uh, intriguing team. Darius Smith was a huge upgrade for them on the defensive side of the ball. This is going to be a super fun game, but uh, you guys, I'm going to be on it. So long as I'm getting points on Minnesota, I'm going to have to see them prove me wrong and prove themselves to be still a work in progress before I'm not just going to grab those points against almost any opponent. All right. So uh, now that we're getting a little bit of a sample size, seeing some of these uh, new offenses, 14 new play callers, uh, at least changes with NFL teams. Uh, what about the other side of it? What What about some of the defenses that you saw with fantasy, with player props, DFS? You're going to attack specific defenses. You're pretty sure after what you saw in week one. And so much of that is obviously dependent on who they played in week one. Mm -hmm. But I guess if there was one that, that stood out to me as one that's not going to be uh, super intimidating to us, uh, it's Jacksonville. Um, yeah, I like what we saw from, from Washington. And, um, you know, Carson Wentz, a major upgrade from Taylor Heineke. We can say what we want about Carson Wentz, but a, a serious upgrade. But, you know, still for him to be able to hit some of the plays that he had, four touchdown passes, big play to Terry McLaurin down the sideline, big play to John Dotson on his second touchdown. Never really felt like he was too under pressure from uh, from the Jaguars' defense. That, that felt like a team that, you know, wasn't necessarily just, oh, we're playing a great offense. Like, you know, throw our hands up. That's, you know, what, what can you do? Sometimes you run into a great offense and your game plan doesn't matter. Did not feel like that from Jacksonville. And I would expect a huge bounce back from the Colts this week. Obviously, you don't want to start off your season by tying the Houston Texans. But, I mean, Indy outgained them by more than 200 yards in that one, 33 first downs, more than seven yards per play, just some real uncharacteristic boneheaded mistakes from uh, Indy that made that game a tie and not like a 10- or 14-point Colts victory. So I do think we see the Colts bounce back in a big way in week two. For tomorrow night, um, Chargers at Chiefs, is there anyone props-wise that you might um, keep an eye on or take a look at for our listeners that might be betting props? I know Mahomes look really good. No Tyreek Hill. He's spreading the ball around. Travis Kelsey received the most targets, and it was Juju, Hardman, MVS. Is there anywhere you would look at either, either team props-wise for tomorrow? Yeah, you know, I, I think we're obviously going to see some of the uh, secondary pass catchers for the Chargers get a little bit of love with Keenan Allen almost certainly out in this game. But uh, to me, that just makes Mike Williams a little bit more interesting. Um, again, the Chargers are like, like Justin Herbert is one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFL. I feel totally comfortable saying that, but it feels like their offense still leaves us wanting just a little bit. And that's because, you know, there's really no big speed guy that gets a ton of targets in the offense. And so I think, with Keenan Allen out and losing what he does for your offense, there's not a one-for-one -one replacement on this Chargers team that can step in and, and give them, give um, you know, uh, the, give Justin Herbert those easy throws that Keenan Allen gives to him. And so I think if they're going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs scoring, and even if this game does end up being under the 54, 54 and a half, whatever it is, we're still going to have to see the winner get the 24, 27 points. And so I think if the, the Chargers are going to be able to keep up with what this Reed Mahomes 2.0 offense looks like, you know, Mike Williams is the guy who's going to have to step up in a, in a way where he's, you know, given us an eight-catch, 100-yard, one-touchdown game. I mean, he's the receiver on this team 
who can do it in that sense of Keenan Allen. So I understand why, from a logic perspective, there's going to be love for those secondary receivers in L.A., but your great guys have got to be great for you in games like this. And for the Chargers in week two, that's Mike Williams. He's the guy who I would look at. Michael, you called the Giants win last week over the uh, Titans. I'm interested in this Panthers-Giants game this week. Uh, we're looking at a Giants two-point favorite um, here over the Panthers on Sunday. Dan- I mean, I thought Daniel Jones, other than the interception he threw, that was a bad pick, threw the ball pretty well, pretty accurate on Sunday with Brian Dable as his head coach. What- what's your thought on this game here? Baker Mayfield on one side, Daniel Jones on the other. Um, you know, we're at a, a two-point number with the Giants favorite on Sunday. Yeah, too much uncertainty for me to want to touch it from a betting perspective unless something in the market shifts in a major way over these next couple of days, which I wouldn't expect. It's probably going to land around this number. I still want to see a little bit more from both of these teams before I feel comfortable in one way or the other on a line this short. The thing that I look at actually more in this game is on Carolina's side. It looks like a much different team in the second half. Uh, of that game uh, against Cleveland last week that they ultimately lost than they did in the first half. And, you know, that's obviously, you know, not a, not a huge uh, uh, surprise to us. I mean, they bring in Baker Mayfield over the summer. Uh, not a crazy thing to see them have some growing pains in week one. Scoring was way down across the league in week one. So to have a new quarterback in town, so many new parts on that offense. Christian McCaffrey has played sparingly over the last two seasons. Like there's just a lot of moving parts and what still should be, I think, a better offense than what they showed us a week ago. So I'm really uh, excited to see what they could do now, having one game under their belt, having another full week of practice in that week two game. So I'm really interested to see what we get out of Carolina. The Giants on the other side, I mean, this could be a sneaky good offensive line. You guys, Andrew Thomas looking good, Evan Neal looking good, and that might give this team a level of competency that not a ton of people expected coming into the year. Uh, It could have just been a one-week sample, but I don't think so, you guys. I think that this is going to be at least a competent offense throughout the season, and that's going to make them very intriguing in the betting market for sure. I I just want a little bit more before I feel comfortable one way or the other on these two teams when we're talking about just a two-point line. What do you think about that Wisconsin Badgers game? Oh, man. Come on, Joe. Are you serious? (laughs) You had to bring that up? We're obviously getting towards the end of the segment. You couldn't just say, all right, see you, Mike. Good stuff. 17 and a half point favorites against Washington State at home. Yeah, I was thinking, I'm like, uh, do I risk it? Am I going to get another question in? No, I've got to ask him. Okay, let's go positive. Let's move forward. We've moved past what occurred on Saturday. In In the ultimate bounce back spot, can you trust Wisconsin laying 36 and a half against New Mexico State the week before the Buckeyes game? No, absolutely not. The problem always with with like almost any Wisconsin team, you guys, is that like to, to you know this this is going to sound you know stupid when it comes out of my mouth, but to win a game by thirty six and a half points, you have to score at least thirty seven points. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, so long as Graham Mertz is the quarterback, I just don't trust them to be able to do that. And so, no, I am not. I am not doing that. I am already prepped for the four touchdown loss against Ohio State next week. And, uh, hey, Wisconsin <laughs> basketball, only like uh, eight weeks away or something like that. So uh, getting excited for the Badgers there. Great stuff, Michael. We Sorry appreciate you hopping on. <laughs> Michael, enjoy it all this week in the college and the NFL. We'll catch up soon. Michael Bell, our executive producer, the Athletic Football Show, joining us there on the guest line. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting um, the way he was talking about that Chargers-Chiefs game tomorrow night and the Mike Williams thing. Maybe that game doesn't hit mm-hmm. the over. If he was some of the, the no Keenan Allen, maybe there's yeah. not enough weapons on the Chargers side to get 
to the where they got to get to to hit the over. Maybe we're maybe looking at what's that a total? 54? 54 and a half tomorrow yeah, night? That's a high number. Ice, ice of the week. Uh, the, the props for Palmer are already short. If you're thinking you're going to find some value on some Palmer props, like, no, there's. It's clear that Keenan Allen's not going to be playing. It's just they're just throwing the questionable right. tag on him. But yeah, I know, I know you don't want to overreact to how great the Chiefs look. But that that number, where are we going to close? Would it shock anybody if if they say, okay, those players are out, and then we're getting five and a half or something like that? It, I feel it's like possible. I know it wouldn't shock me. It is. I probably have to take the Chargers if that's where we go. On the other side, a nickel or dime. I think we're ready to do one here on the BetQL Network.